Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA, the HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway back at it again. Happy Saturday to you and yours. Oh, yeah, we are being heard live via the TuneIn Radio app, iHeartRadio, and also the Two Live Stews Radio Network. Man, don't forget, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at HBCU Report. Also uh, on Instagram at HBCU Report. Uh, don't forget to check out our content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for all things sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Check out SportsNewsAndBrews.com. Uh, and remember, when we're not here, we're there. And there is sportsnewsandbrews.com. Well, folks, first of all, let me say this before we get into the whole HBCU football conversation. Um, thank you, uh, those of you that, that tuned in last week. I uh, had the opportunity of uh, being in the chat room with some of you guys. And I really appreciate you all for uh, all the love that you showed me. Now, I ask you to spread the word. Did you spread the word? And if you did spread the word, shouts out to you. And hopefully this week, uh, the show won't dis- disappoint. You know, I try to make it do what it do. You know, uh, also, uh, shouts out to the uh, the fellas over uh, that do this. Um, man, they got a great sports show right here in the ATL. The Crush on the Sensation Station Radio Network. Uh, big shouts out to those boys. They also uh, checked in with me. Let me know that they, uh, they were riding with the HBCU report. So, uh, that's what it is. Um, but since we uh, last joined you, a lot of great football action went down. Big shouts out to Coach Rod Reed, Tennessee State uh, University Tigers, put it on FAMU in the uh, Tampa Classic 24-13 and what is one of the most bitter, heated rivalries in all of HBCU football, in my opinion. I mean, they have a, a, a longstanding uh, rivalry. And, um, you know, uh, I can just remember as a kid, I remember Tennessee State and, and FAMU being a part of uh, the Atlanta Football Classic uh, that used to be sponsored by the 100 Black Men of Atlanta. I can remember uh, them playing in that game, you know, numerous times. And the games uh, coming down to the wire, and, and you know, it always been some good football when both of those teams uh, made the trek down to the ATL. So, uh, shouts out again to uh, Tennessee State and FAMU as well. FAMU uh, actually on the road this weekend against uh, Savannah State. So they look to get off the snide, if you will. So all right, this is what it is. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you Saturday morning right here on the Two Live Stews Radio Network. Also being heard live on the TuneIn Radio app and iHeartRadio. Uh, how about Thursday night football action? Oh, yeah. MEAC action. Oh, man, it was some great football being played uh, Thursday night. Hey, you got to see South Carolina State look like they were going to uh, up in uh, North Carolina Central, the reigning MEAC champions, but not so much. Uh, champions doing what champions do. And they overcame a 14-point first-half deficit and uh, end up claiming the victory, 33-28 on ESPNU, nationally televised game. Uh, great game. Great game. Um, you know, these two teams, uh, two of the better teams in the MEAC uh, historically, and, and when you talk about North Carolina Central, oh, my goodness. North Carolina Central, they have somewhat of a of a dynasty up there. 
And I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess, you know, folks that follow HBCU sports know, I mean, you always hear about North Carolina A&T and I think that's because of uh, coach Rod Broadway and, and, and the pedigree that, that he brings with him having uh, won uh, HBCU national championships at, at every stop. But you can't forget about Jerry Mack. Oh yeah. The Mack man up at North Carolina central head football coach there. Uh, he's won four MEAC championships during his tenure there, uh, either outright or uh, in a tie. And we know the MEAC, we've seen like four-way ties in, in the MEAC over the last few years, you know, within the last few years rather. But um, uh, so again, you know, North Carolina not to be slept on. And they are the reigning MEAC champions, as I just mentioned, having lost to uh, Grambling in, this, in the past, uh, this year's past um uh, Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl. So, uh, you know, they are a team just like North Carolina A&T that they don't really have to rebuild. They just reload. They they both have dynasties in their own right. I mean, when you look at, at Thursday night's game, uh, Central actually had a, a freshman quarterback under center, Chauncey Caldwell. You know, and uh, it still ended up pulling that thing out. So, again, uh, shouts out to North Carolina Central on that victory. Uh, we look forward to talking to Coach Jerry Mack in the coming weeks, as well as uh, the legend, Coach Buddy Pugh up at South Carolina State. And uh, speaking of South Carolina State, coming up on today's show, we've got a great show for you and yours. Uh, we got South Carolina State University alumni, former NFL kicker Cedric Oglesby, going to join us coming up uh, later on in the show. Uh, he has the uh, Cedric Oglesby Kicking Academy, and he's doing a lot of great things with that, training up a lot of uh, young folks. Of course, if uh, your kid wants to play football, hey, being a kicker is that one CTE position, non-CTE position. You don't have to really worry about it. I'm just saying. And they make they make a, they make an honest living. I'm just saying. And also, uh, we will talk with uh, Rich Freeman uh, later in the show, uh, we've got this big-time uh, SIAC matchup going down between uh, the 2-1 Morehouse Maroon Tigers and the 1-2 Miles College Golden Bears. But don't don't let that 1-2 fool you now. Now, those those losses came at the hands of uh, a team that competed for the Division II National Championship last year in, in, in West Georgia and the team that has won uh, the SWAC East the last three years in a row, Alcorn State University. So don't let those losses fool you. But on the flip side, you got Morehouse. You know, their only loss on the season came at the hands of um, of Arkansas Pine Bluff in the SWAC. So again, both of these teams are going to come to play some football this afternoon when they hook up on the campus of Miles College. Please believe that. All right, don't forget, follow us on social media we're on Instagram and Twitter at HBCU Report. Check out our content partner, sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. I'm Rob Calloway, and coming up on the other side, we will talk with Coach Rich Freeman's counterpart in today's Morehouse Miles College matchup. Reginald Ruffin, head football coach of the Golden Bears of Miles College, joins us next right here on the HBCU Report. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037. 
so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve2037? I guess I was thinking Steve2037 would just fend for himself. Well, all right. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots. You want to have money in your future? You got to start saving now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report being heard via Spreaker.com and also the Two Live Stews Radio Network. Rob Calloway here with you another Saturday morning. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show, however you may be listening. Uh, don't forget to check out our content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, uh, for the latest in sports, political news, uh, black news. It's all there, SportsNewsAndBrews.com. Uh, and right now, we're being joined by a great friend of the show, uh, Coach Reginald Ruffin of Miles College. Miles College of the SIAC in action this weekend against the Morehouse Maroon Tigers. Uh, first of all, Coach, thank you for joining us once again on the HBC Report. Thank you, Rob, for having me, brother. Uh, it's all good, man. So, first of all, you know, b- before football, how you doing? Ah, man, you know, it's been a tough year, man. Uh, you know, losing a wife and turning around and losing an assistant coach. And uh, we just buried him um, earlier this week. And, uh, you know, it's been tough. But, you know, God's going to bring us through it. Uh, so, um, we just got to keep pressing forward. Absolutely. Now, uh, now, what happened with with uh, Coach Ogles? Because I know he he been a part of your staff the entire time you've been at Miles, right? Yeah, he was the first guy hired. Um, he was our assistant head coach, defensive line coach. Um, Clark Atlanta game last year, he suffered a seizure um, on the sideline of that game, and uh, come to find out, he had a brain tumor um, and ended up taking chemo and radiation, and then the tumor spread it. Uh, early uh, July, and um, they gave him uh, less than a month to live uh, in August, and you know, and uh, went from there. Oh man, you know, terrible, terrible, terrible. But of course, uh, I know, uh, you know, I know what what type of man of integrity you are. So I know, you know, I know you're supporting the family. I know the school and President French. I know they're supporting the family as well. So. Um, you know, I know y'all have that whole family camaraderie thing going on down there at Miles. Oh, yes. You know, uh, family is first, you know, um, you know, God, family and then football. So, um, um, you know, we were there to support his family, still supporting his family and his wife, his kids and grandkids and mom, sisters and brothers. And, um, you know, that coach o will always be family. You know, he's looking over us now and uh, he's in a better place. Now, usually in sports, when something like this happens, coach, you know, the team usually goes on like some kind of like crazy win streak. You know, you know what I'm talking about in sports It's like, like these type things always motivate a team. Now here we are. Uh, you guys open up the season. Um, what, uh, uh, with, with two losses to, to West Georgia and also, uh, to, uh, FCS opponent and who y'all open the season with all corn, right? All corn. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, you know, you, you pick up a victory last week. Now here you are, uh, against uh, Morehouse College, uh, getting into uh, you know in the the uh, meat of the SIAC schedule. Uh, so, how 
mm, what's the word? Um, how unbelievable or how believable would it be if this team put together one heck of a run for Coach Oglesby? Well, you know, Coach O, um, um, help Ladies Foundation. Uh, we won a lot of championships here uh, with Coach O. Uh, did a great job recruiting. Uh, but this this team is, uh, you know, resilient. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, for us to to carry on our Coach O legacy. Coach O was one of the guys that is his favorite. Famous uh, quote was, finish the drill. You know, uh, and it's all about finishing. And uh, he pushed our guys to finish strong. He pushed our guys to finish the drill. And um, so we just take it that motto. This is the year to O, you know, one team, one dream, one, one heartbeat, you know, and we're going to finish the drill. And, um, you know, we're a young football team defensively. We starting eight freshmen, uh, freshmen on defense. And, you know, I think those guys are getting better and better every week. Uh, quarterback, you know, with a, with a new quarterback and, and uh, you know, a backup quarterback, you know, new to the uh, the system. So it's taking a little while for us uh, to really get it going offensively. But those guys are doing a good job. And uh, we just got to get – continue to uh, press forward, continue to do things uh, that we do Miles College way. You know, we blue-collar workers, man. We work early in the morning and uh, we grind, so we feel like our kids uh, uh, understand the importance of working hard. Absolutely. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line with Reginald Ruffin, head football coach of the Miles College Golden Bears. They're in action this weekend against uh, the Morehouse Maroon Tigers, a SIAC uh, showdown because uh, SIAC football coach, in my opinion, now I'm a swag dude, but the SIAC, you know, over these past three or four years, man, the competition, the competition has has really gotten tough. What are, what are your thoughts from a coach's perspective? Well, you know, football is football. You know, um, you know, you you can't worry about the size of that dog. You know, you got to worry about that heart of that dog. So uh, I think uh, at SIC, you know, we we don't fear a lot of opponents that's in the FCS, which is the SWAC or the MEAC. I think uh, you have to come ready to play and prepare your teams of, of getting ready to play, and you never underestimate your opponent. And uh, you know, uh, leading the, the, the NCAA when it comes to attendance, and uh, you know, the SIC is uh, as a brand. And uh, with, with a lot of the teams, like, such as Tuskegee, those teams that's been in the playoffs year in, year out, uh, representation, and especially with the NCAA when it comes to attendance, you know, uh, you know, we work hard in the SIC. So, uh, uh, you know, it's great for us to be here in the SIC, but, you know, uh, we fight. We, you know, we, we fight. It's, we got fight in the SIC. Absolutely. Now, um, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, not being afraid of taking on those uh, FCS, uh, uh, yeah, FCS teams and the MEAC and the SWAC because, you know, the God honest truth is, like I said, over the last three or four years, that the SIAC. When I say that, that the level of competition has really stepped up. I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about because, like these SWAC teams, man, SWAC teams are falling left and right to the SIAC. Well, you know, we we trying to get better to compete with these the SWAC teams. We hadn't had. Uh, that success that we were looking for facing the SWAC team. But, you know, uh, that would come. You know, that would come. My kids understand the magnitude of playing the FCS, a larger opponent. And, uh, you know, and uh, it's just a, a measuring stick for us. And um, the, SWAC, the SWAC school, they're tough. So, uh, you know, you just got to come ready to play and get your team ready to play uh, when it comes to playing whoever. Now, uh, last week, uh, you got a, a big, big-time win, uh, in-conference win against Fort Valley. Uh, take us through that victory. Well, you know, it's uh, uh, on the road 
first of all, I was on the road defending conference champs, and uh, I was on the road there at their place. And uh, uh, Coach Porter's done a great job with that program, winning the conference his first year at head coach, and uh, you know had a lot of returning guys from that team. And uh, for us to go in there, you know, like I say, I'm just proud of our young men, uh, especially in defense. Those guys are a freshman group, but um, like I say, they're getting better and better, and stronger and stronger every week. And that's all I ask as a coach is they get better, not make the same mistake they made against a. Uh, Alcorn, veteran Alcorn State team and a veteran uh, West Georgia team. And, uh, you know, we, we showed spurts. We showed some spots that we could be a good defense uh, at times in those games. And offensively, we, we moved the ball at times during those games, but we didn't capitalize on a lot of uh, things that the defense gave us uh, offensively. And uh, we turned it over when we shouldn't have turned it over. And and we didn't make the catches or the plays that we should have made, you know, that we needed to make. But, you know, we just keep plugging along until the kids just keep chopping wood. You know, eventually something good will happen. Um, special team got better for a Valley game. You know, we got two punt returns the first two games. Uh, not being in the lanes and uh, not protecting. And, and so we definitely had to work that, that area. And then we come back in the Fort Valley game. And uh, we had, what, four touchbacks. And um, you know, and, and return was uh, 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 you know pretty much corralled a little bit, and uh, we we didn't give up a touchdown uh, on a return. So we would definitely um, you know change that and corrected that during that game. So uh, you know, uh, you know, we didn't turn the ball over uh, as many times. Uh, you know, the first couple of games, but man, the Fort Valley game, we had two fumbles and an interception. So we actually turned it over three times and uh, we can't do that. And uh, in order for us to contend, contend for the championship in this conference, uh, you know, you can't turn the ball over and you got to create turnovers, which I thought we did defensively. And, um, and we have to score. I thought we did that defensively because uh, we have uh, been the tops in the nation when it came to scoring defense last year and, uh, you know, an interception and return for touchdown. We had so many last year. I think we had six or seven return defensive touchdowns last year. So we were definitely excited about that and kind of continue to trend uh, the last two weeks, you know, for us to pick six and all coin game and then turn around and uh, fumble return for a touchdown um, for a Valley game. So uh, we kind of picked off where we left off last year. Absolutely. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Callaway on the line with my good friend, Reginald Ruffin, head football coach of the Miles College Golden Bears. They are in action uh, against uh, Morehouse, the Maroon Tigers, in the SIAC showdown this weekend. Um, now, Coach, uh, let, let's just go back to those first two games, if you will. Uh, you took on a team that has won the uh, Eastern Division of the SWAC three times in a row. You're taking on a team in West Georgia who, if I'm not mistaken, they just played for the national championship, Division Two national yep. championship, right? So, yeah, the year before last year. Right. Sure. So you're taking on two teams that, that bring a lot to the table, if you will. How, how do games like that prepare you for these in-conference games? And I, I have to assume that they make you better, right? Well, you know, you always want to play top opponents. And, uh, you know, I always say you measure, that's your measuring stick, and you open up with good competition. You know, of course, everybody, you know, we play to win, you know, but fortunately, you know, uh, that the ball don't fall in your court or in your corner. So, uh, but, you know, you, you see a measuring stick, how, how you matched up with them in, in certain uh, aspect of that game, whether it was offense versus defense, defense versus offense, and then your kicking game. And uh, and I thought we took a lot out of that game, you know, from talk, took a lot from that game, 
and uh, our kids are uh, understanding the importance of uh, tough opponents and uh, understanding the importance of uh, doing the things the right way and, and alignment and assignment, not turning the ball over and getting turned over, not giving up big plays. And so we took a lot out of those two games and two top opponents. Uh, you turn around Alcorn, you know, lose the uh, the last uh, uh, 30 seconds of that game to FIU, a Division One opponent. And then they turn around last week and lose to uh, McNeese State the last second of that. So we played a tough opponent uh, in, in Alcorn State. And then also you take West Georgia and, you know, they, those guys being uh, undefeated when they beat uh, when they played uh, Fort Valley and then turn around and go over and play Delta State. And that came down, you know, uh, to the last uh, couple of possessions for them to, uh, lose that game so uh, of a good Delta State team. So, you know, we have a good measuring stick of, of, of two quality opponents that we open up with. And then you take Fort Valley, you know, a tough opponent too. Uh, they just turned the ball over at times and, uh, and, and stalled drives. And uh, But they're a tough opponent also. Absolutely. Now, uh, uh, coming up, 5 o'clock Central kickoff, there's 6 o'clock on the East. Uh, Morehouse visits Miles College. Um, uh, Morehouse coming into this game 2-1 and one on the season. Their only loss of the season came at the hands of a SWAC opponent in uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, a 23-10 loss. Uh, when you look at this uh, Morehouse team, uh, how do you guys match up with them? Well, you know, uh, a lot of speed. You know, offensively, they, they have a lot of speed. Great receivers, uh, new offensive coordinators, done a great job. They're scoring, scoring a lot of points. Uh, they may be leading the conference in scoring. Um, a good offensive line. They they do a lot of things offensively, uh, you know, to spread the ball around and spread you out and just uh, attack, you know, where you're weak at. And uh, uh, defensively, they moving around and stemming and, you know, getting in position to, to really uh, disrupt plays when they're blitzing. And so uh, we have our work cut out for them. I think Coach Freeman's done a great job uh, there uh, at Morehouse, uh, you know, with the playoffs. And every year they, um, you know, picked in in the contention of, of, the, of the SIC and um, you know and they if you talk about the SIC Morehouse will always be included and in, you know the team to uh, to watch when it comes to uh, contending for the SIC title so we have our work cut out for us you know it's a big weekend it's our first home game we've been on the road the first three weeks um, so it's a big game for us because uh, we coming home to our home crowd and uh, our fans and uh, you know it's going to be a great atmosphere he is Reginald Ruffin, head football coach of the Miles College Golden Bears. They host Morehouse College, 6 o'clock uh, Eastern kickoff, 5 o'clock Central. Uh, coach, thank you so much for joining us on the HBCU Report, and we look forward to talking to you uh, later in the season. Thank you guys so much for having me. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. 
This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. HBCU sports fans, you finally have a voice. The HBCU experience lives here. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway here with you another Saturday morning. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show. And right now we're being joined by a young man, and I did say young man, that I've known for like 30-plus years, uh, a South Carolina State University alum, uh, former kicker in the National Football League. Uh, He's now um, teaching kids the craft, the art of the kick with the Cedric Oglesby Kicking Academy. Uh, Cedric Oglesby joins us on the HBCU Report. First of all, Seb, thank you for joining us on the show. Hi, glad uh, glad to be here. Glad glad you had me. Not a problem, man. So uh, let's just get get the backstory. I've been knowing you. I've been knowing you since elementary school. What? How did this whole kicking thing? How did you get in, in, involved with the whole kicking game? Uh, well, growing up, South Cap had a soccer program at the South Cap YMCA back in the day, and uh, my brothers played soccer. So since I was the youngest of four, three three boys, I had to play the same sports they played. So I grew up playing at the South Cap Y, and they just so happened to have a um, a good team that the coach wanted to stick with. And uh, I ended up playing with that team from about like five or six years old to probably like maybe 13 years old. A uh, guy by the name of Dwayne Fisher. You don't find coaches like that anymore, but he coached us from, uh, from like four or five years old to, to 13 years old. And uh, so I had a soccer background. Um, it just so happened to be growing up in that area. It was kind of a popular thing in that community. Um, they kind of just transferred over. Um, later on, when I got in high school, uh, ended up ended up kicking for the football team. So uh, that's kind of how I started. So when when you first started kicking, did you ever did you ever imagine that uh, that you would end up with with such a such a a, a, a lengthy career? I mean, collegiate and and professional. No, not really. Uh, I really, I mean, I, I always wanted to play football, but I wanted to play receiver and corner. And my parents wouldn't let me play, uh, so they held me out, held me out, held me out. So I was just playing in the neighborhood. Uh, Two-hand touch, uh, sideline bus, <laughs> throw-up tackle. <laughs> All the games you can play in the neighborhood, I'll play that. And um, So, yeah, I, I, mean, I never really thought about doing it. Um, I knew I could do it a little bit, but I never thought about really really kicking. If I had to play football early, I probably would have played receiver corner. But uh, uh, when I was in high school, so I was a cab, I was in PE one day and um, caught a pass, faked a couple guys out, ran and scored a touchdown. And uh, just being silly, I put the ball down in the grass, stood it up in the in the, in the tall grass, and kicked it through the goalpost. And uh, I'm not sure if you, you remember, but it was a guy named Brian Monroe who was out there that day. And I, I ain't seen him since high school, but uh, Brian Brian suggested that I should come out for the football team. So I had about ten people screaming at me for kicking the ball, and then one one person, Brian, said, "Hey, you need to come out for the team, man. You, you know, uh, you can kick." So I. Uh, I said, oh, yeah, I took his word for it, and then I went out and kicked. And um, I just was doing it just because it was something fun to do. Didn't really think that I would turn into much. Um, I didn't even realize what I was getting myself into that Southwest Decatur High School had a tradition for kicking or anything at the time. I, I, I kind of discovered that after I started doing it. And, uh, and you know, that turned one thing went to another. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how, how it happened for me. But, um, 
college college football was something that I realized probably later on um, after I realized that there was a couple people that kicked before me that had gone to school and, get, and gotten scholarships. So I, I would say probably maybe around 11th grade was when I realized I could play college football. And NFL, I didn't even think about NFL until probably maybe around my junior year of college. I, you know, I, I just went to college to get a degree is what my main goal was, not, not to play NFL. You know, these days when I, when I talk to uh, a lot of these um, – HBCU coaches, uh, you know, I talk to them about the kick game because, you know, sometimes I see these games and it's like that that's the difference was was having a kicker and not having a kicker. And, and you know, you'll find, you know, in, in the in the Division two schools like the CIAA and the SIAC, how some, some of the coaches uh, really believe in special teams and some don't. And you could tell the ones that don't. I mean, and then when you start talking about Swack Miak, um, you know, it seems like it's a little bit more emphasis uh, put on the position. But for a, a young man, you know, a young athlete, uh, you know, that, that's trying to find his way. What I mean, and, and, and like I said, I know you have this uh, Cedric Oglesby Kicking Academy. How would you, I guess, lure them into uh, the position of a kicker? Because that's not like the most glamorous position. Yeah, well, with the uh, as of lately, the – Number one thing that you can kind of entice the parents into is uh, with the concussion issues mm, going on in right. football right now. Uh, just a lot of parents don't don't want their kids to get concussions. You know, I say, well, hey, you, you, you come and kick and punt. You know, you get the same thing everybody else gets. Uh, you know, except after practice, you know, they go to the training room. We go, we 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 go, we go home. You know, so we don't have to go to the <laughs> training room. So if, if we get any contact at all, it, it's every now and then, and it, it's your choice. Really, a lot of times. But, uh, you know, after your career is over with, you know, you, you don't have as many issues and problems uh, as, as other guys have to do it, that make contact on every play. You know what I mean? So concussions would be the number one thing I would say right now. Um, and number two, uh, I say, well, you get if you're a field goal kicker, you get the score. So most kickers that can kick and they're pretty decent are most of the times the leading scorers on the team. And if they, if they play four years, uh, they're usually the leading scorer, you know, in the top ten of, of the whole career, you know, of, of all-time scores of the school. Um, so why not, you know, do somewhere where you get you get your name called and you get you get the score points, you know. Um, and then the, the, the longevity of it, I say, um, you know, uh, you got the oldest players in the NFL right now. It's maybe like four or five of them that are over forty years old. Um, I think the, I think the top three or four are definitely kickers, punters, and. Um, not any snappers, but snap, snappers can play for a while too. But you got Adam Vinatieri, uh, you got the punter for uh, for the Houston Texans, Leckler. Um, you've got Phil Dawson. Uh, you got you got Matt Bryant. Um, all those guys are forty some years old. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, I think I, I didn't say that name yet, but uh, you know they play in twenty year careers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, who, who does right. that? I mean, You're right. Dow Green did it, but nobody else can do that. And so um, it's just uh, a way to play a game that people love and have fun, but at the same time, you know, don't have to risk as much concussions and, you know, head banging and injuries, you know what I mean? So um, that, that's one of the benefits I, that I tell the parents. Um, and for the kids, it's just it's harder to get the kids to do it. Um, it's tough because they don't really see that many. I mean, they don't get – you don't see on a – Commercial, you know, you don't see a kicker or punter on a right. uh, on a commercial. <laughs> so, you know, so like, why, you know, why I want to be that guy? I don't see him on a commercial. 
But, you know, um, you know, we were talking, we were saying with soccer players, I think Atlanta United, they had three goalies on the roster. Uh, two of the goalies, I think, make $65,000. Um, they just so happen to have the best goalie, I think, in, in the in the United States right now. So he might make a little bit more money. But both, most guys are only making a five-figure salary. Um, I have a kid that I, that I trained. He made it to the Saints. Uh, Will Lutz from Georgia State. Um, Will played last year, made four hundred and at least four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars rookie minimum. <laughs> yeah, big difference. <laughs> you know I mean, so this year he's yeah, this year he's making about five hundred. I think maybe over five hundred thousand know dollars. I mean, so no, I'm like you know, so the, no, so that's definitely incentive. Yeah, well, I was about to say you mentioned that that you have these guys that that you train. So tell us tell us about the the kicking academy. Uh, well, I've been at it for a while now. Um, we're starting to pick up a little bit of steam. Um, it is for mainly my clients are middle school to uh, professional. Um, majority of them are high school kids. Um, I train train guys all over the state of Georgia. A few guys outside of Georgia. Um, and we pretty much focus on the fundamentals of kicking, punting, and snapping. Um, just trying to get them exposed and knowing how to do it. And then after that, we focus on the recruiting side as well, just trying to help get them placed in the different colleges and universities. Um, I'm always in contact with different different schools, asking them what you know what their needs are for the upcoming classes. Um, just trying to see you know if they uh, are looking, or if I have anybody that I train that I can try to help place. Um, I get a lot of phone calls from parents that just say, you know, my, my son doesn't have a coach. Um, he's at practice all day on the field by himself, just kicking and punting. And then, you know, then they call him over to kick and nobody knows what they're talking about. So can you please, 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 uh, work with them or can he come to a camp? You know, so, um, it's been a, been a good experience for me. Um, especially now some of the kids that I've trained are older and they've done well, you know what I mean? If they didn't go, you know, Will Lutz was the first guy that I actually had that went pro that I actually knew from, from you know, like ninth grade. Um, but a few other guys, they were, they're doing well. They didn't go pro, but they, they had good college careers, and then now they're in their, in, in their fields working and doing well, you know. So that's a good incentive. And, you know, a lot of those guys went to college uh, on scholarships, no student loans. <laughs> so I would say that uh, it's a blessing because you actually, you know, Parents can find something to invest in their kids. They're going to spend the money on something. You know, why not do it with something that could, you know, change their life in a, in a roundabout way, you know. Um, and so that's, that's that's some of my motivation to do the camps. So that's we just try to provide the best we can um, to, to our ability that, that each person can teach themselves, you know what I mean? So because out of any position in football, the number one position that does not have a coach is kickers, punters, or snappers. So, uh, those guys have to know how to coach themselves to be successful, and that, that's the thing. Um, you know, even we we even work with coaches sometimes, just trying to educate them on how do you handle your player. Like you know, I, they, a lot of them just don't know how to handle it. You know what I mean? So they just say, "Hey, what I do? What what should I be doing with him? What should he be doing during practice?" Um, so we we do a lot of um, consulting as well as training. Um, we'll do camps during the summer and throughout the year, and we'll do two competitions. Um, during the year where we actually have rankings. So we just started doing rankings this past year for uh, really mainly for uh, the kids to get them incentive to work hard and also to help get them recruited by colleges. Now, you mentioned something. You said that it gets you a scholarship, gets you a degree, and you have no student loan debt. 
All right. Now, with that being said, and this is the HBCU Report, Rob Callaway on the line right now with Cedric Oglesby, a South Carolina State University alum, former NFL kicker, uh, now the head of the Cedric Oglesby Kicking Academy. Uh, you know, there's been a, a, a lot of brouhaha, a lot of noise being made about, you know, the need to pay collegiate athletes, okay? Now, my my thing always is, and I get into arguments with people all the time, men and women, my argument with them is, is that there's a trade-off. When you sign a contract, when you sign that scholarship, you enter a partnership with the NCAA and the institution that you're going to. Correct. Am I, am I correct? That's correct. Right. You enter a partnership, and the partnership says that we will pay for you to get an education that more than likely your folks cannot pay out of their pockets for you to go to this university. We're going to pay for this in exchange for you playing football. So is that not a player's being paid? It is. I mean, because that's, uh, that's tuition that you did not pay. So in other words, they they uh, they spent money on you. <laughs> Absolutely. On Absolutely. So – so when people, so when you hear, because I know you hear people talk about this. I mean, you're a former, you know, uh, professional uh, uh, player. You, you've heard this, and, and collegiate player. What are your, I mean, what are your overall thoughts about this? I mean, is 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 this something that should be looked further into, or uh, or, or do you feel like I do? Like the 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 scholarship and the and the degree. I mean, that is the payment. Right. I mean, it all depends on. Uh, only thing that I would say that I would probably be more complaining about is uh if the facilities are not up to par and and you're not taking care of the kids like you should, if all you're doing is just providing books, uh, books, a dorm, and going to class, I mean, that's good. But a lot of those kids, they're dependent on that program to, to support them. So, you know, I mean, hey, I went to HBCU, and keep it real, I just had HBCUs, just, we have some different stories to tell sometimes. Absolutely. Compared to my other friends I talked to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know I can go down the list on a couple things I had to go through, but uh, so in that case, you know what I mean. Uh, it was it was great that we had a scholarship, but at the same time, you know, uh, financially for some of the guys, it, it was a struggle. You know what I mean. So in that case, I don't know what you expect the guy to do. Um, I mean, I just know we. I, I don't think you should restrict the player. In certain cases, uh, if he's doing something and he's working hard at it, now what they try to say is, you know, you. you the players using the school's name to make the money. Well, I mean, if you're using the school's name to make the money, or you're taking advantage of the opportunity to be an athlete in that school to make the money. I mean, that's where the fine line is drawn at. Um, I don't know if you, I'm sure you heard the story with uh, Donald Delahaye down mm-hmm. at the University of Central Florida, right. kicker. Uh, I know him. I spoke with him on the phone about it before he actually decided not just not to um, return. I just want to see what he was thinking. Like, what was like, what are you doing? And uh, and he just explained to me what his thought process was and what they what they were telling him. I mean, he made the decision to give it up, which a lot of people would not do, and I guess you know think he's crazy. But um, I mean, he crossed the line on a couple things that he might have done. But in, in most of his work, he was just doing what everybody does: just posting things on media, and then the people. I mean, everybody has social media and wants somebody to follow them or post a picture. Uh, so it's like common things that everybody does they couldn't do. You know what I mean? And then they wanted him to not get paid at all and give all the money back that he had made. Um, and that's tough. You know what I mean? Just for somebody who, um, you got, if you have needs at home and you just have 
that ability to get some money or make some money, it's kind of tough in that situation. Uh, I just couldn't. I couldn't imagine what a player would do knowing that his family is struggling and that he's playing at this. Uh, he's playing in a game. There's 80,000 people, 103,000 people in the stands, and everybody paid at least $100 or more to get yeah. in the stadium. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But my but my mom's lights are turned off. I don't know. That's, that's, I, that's a tough position to be in as a player, knowing that you could easily make some money. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, so I, I just don't know in that case. Um, if, they're, if they're using your likeness, you know what I mean? Um, they, I mean, they are profiting. I, I guess it's a thin line. I guess it should be a... a I don't know, a scale or something they should come up with or something. But, like, but know, again, I, if a man do it. how do you do the scale? See, that that's the that's the conundrum right there. Like, if I'm, you know, if I'm the top quarterback in the nation, guess what I'm going to expect? I'm going to expect to be getting more money than anybody else playing college football. And and it's right, like, right. That's, that's unreasonable at that level. Right. Yeah, so. I don't know, man. I don't know if, they were ever, if that problem will ever be solved. I mean, I don't think it will be ongoing forever. So uh, it's just one of those things you know what you get into when you sign up for it. So. Well, dude, uh, let, let me just I say this. What you were talking about going to an HBCU, dude, that's what we call the experience. That's part of the HBCU experience, the struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so you can survive. You survive, boy. You can do anything. <laughs> hey, boy, I'm telling you, make it out of HBCU, boy. Hey, you can really, you can really make it. You can make it. But give everybody, before I let you go, give everybody uh, your, your website information for those that are interested in uh, the Kicking Academy. Okay, the website is kickdoctor.com, K-I-C-K-D-O-C-T-O-R.com. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram as well. It's Steve Oglesby Kicking, C-O-G-L-E-S-B-Y, Kicking. And on uh, Facebook at Cedric Oglesby Kicking Academy. I can throw this at you too before you get off real quick, but uh, I just, uh, one of the guys I trained who happened to be at South Carolina State University, he's currently, uh, I know it's only like week three, but he, he's uh, in first place right now in, uh, in, in uh, NCAA FCS for most field goals made. What's his name? Tyler Skandrick. See, a product of the uh, Cedric Oglesby Kicking Academy. See, there you go. I like how you just went on to plug that on in there. See, hey, he's getting these dudes ready for the next level, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have kids and you and you want them to be safe, this this a CTE free job right here, and you can get big money. <laughs> CTE free, I'm telling you. Uh, check him out, Cedric Oglesby Kicking Academy. Uh, said, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. The HBCU Experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. We're talking more health football on the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway.
This is the HBCU Report being heard via the Two Live Stews radio network. Rob Calloway on the line right now with Rich Freeman. He is the head football coach of the SIAC's Morehouse Maroon Tigers. They are in action uh, later on today versus the Miles College Golden Bears. First of all, Coach Freeman, welcome back to the show. Happy to be back. All right, man. So uh, let's talk about let's talk about the the 2017 edition uh, of the uh, Morehouse Maroon Tigers. You guys currently two and one on the season. The only loss coming at the hands of an uh, FCS SWAC opponent in uh, Arkansas Arkansas Pine Bluff, a 23-10 loss uh, at Pine Bluff. Uh, since then, you guys have gone on a two-game win streak, uh, including wins versus Lane and uh, a, a, a narrow one. Last week, 35-33 versus Central State. Uh, take us through uh, last week's victory, Coach. Uh, last week, uh, just we, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit uh, there early in the game, dug a hole for ourselves. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, all things are, are relative. You know, we needed to be able to, to win a game like that. You know, when you make as many mistakes as, as we made, had a punt block for a touchdown through an interception, uh, for a touchdown and got down to the uh, five-yard line. And instead of scoring, we threw an interception, you know. So, you know, to have all the miscues that we, and, and also uh, had those guys bagged up to the five-yard line and they ran a 95-yard touchdown on like a third down in like 35, you know. So, you know, we, we, we lacked a little bit of focus uh, during the course of that game. But, um, you know, we had enough firepower to to endure, and I was just happy that we were able to pull the win off. Now, now, talk to me about your quarterback, Kevon Taylor. Uh, had a heck of a game uh, in, in last week's game, seventeen to twenty-seven, uh, for two hundred forty-seven yards uh, and two touchdowns. Six-five senior. Talk to us about him, coach. Well, Kevon is a, a guy that came in a couple of years ago as a highly touted uh, Division One transfer via um, junior college. And uh, we've always had high expectations for him. And, um, you know, I made it clear to um, the coaching staff, I made it clear to the rest of the team that, you know, we, we were going to run an offense that was going to be catered uh, to his skill set. He has a, a ton of athletic ability. And, um, you know, I was just glad to see him make SIAC Player of the Week uh, despite the interceptions that he threw because uh, two of them that he threw bounced right out of the hands of the receivers and went right into the hands of the, the defenders. And so well, I was just happy to see that kid get get justice. All right. Well, speaking of justice being served, you got a big-time matchup, SIAC matchup against Miles College. They come into this game uh, one and two. Uh, they've uh, actually lost to some very formidable opponents in, in West Georgia uh, who just competed for that Division Two championship uh, a couple years ago, last year, two years ago. And then – against the uh the SWAC's Alcorn State University who uh they are the reigning East champs out of the SWAC uh three years in a row. Uh so what do you see uh when you look at at, at Miles College versus your team on tape? Well I mean every year, you know, we, we kinda of been around the block a little bit. You know, Miles always gets off to a slow start just because of their strength of schedule. But make no bones about it now. Make no bones about it. They're one of the top resource football teams in our conference, they got one of the top coaches in our conference. They got a president over there that wants to win football games. And whenever you have uh, those things, you know, you, you win. So, you know, they're, they're going to come in well coached with, with really good players, uh, really strong defensive 
and um, kicking game and uh, systematic uh, approach uh, uh, as far as running the football offensively. So it's a well-coached team. It'll be in a hostile environment. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to find out what type of team we have. And I'm pretty sure their coach uh, feels the same way. Yeah, absolutely. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway on the line with Rich Freeman, head football coach of the Morehouse Maroon Tigers. They are in action later today versus uh, Miles College, the Golden Bears. A 6 o'clock Eastern kickoff, a, a 5 o'clock Central kickoff. It is the Prince Hall Americanism Football Classic going down to Fairfield, Alabama. Uh, now, um, a couple things I want to talk to you about outside of football. You know, uh, of course, you, you, you're there uh, at one of the more um, uh, storied uh, HBCUs and, and, you know, in all of the, the nation. And uh, wh- so what's going on right now? You, you talked about Miles College administration, and we know that President French has done some great things down there to help their athletic department. What, what's going on right now with the uh, administration? Because I know y'all have had, you know, uh, uh, um, unexpected death and, and some other things that have happened. So what, what's going on at Morehouse in that regards? Well, first and foremost, um, our, our president right now, interim president Martin, we're, we're very happy with him. He's, he's definitely, um, hit the ground running and he's, he's done some monumental things to, to keep us in stride over here. And he's, he's come and approached me on several occasions about, about athletics. So he, he has a lot of fire and a lot of energy and, and we're following him at this point. You know, I do know that, you know, we have a national search on. Uh, for for a new president, and um, we're going to let that take its course. But right now, we're in good hands with um, with our president, Martin. Okay, good good stuff. Always, you know, because it is one of those things where, again, you know, the administration and me and you have talked about this. Like the the athletic department is only going to be as strong as the relationship with with the the administration. So. Uh, you no know, question about it. You know, and, and the thing about it is, you guys been you know putting out. Uh, quality, a quality product, you know, year in and year out, basketball too. So, you know, just, you know, it, it's, I know it's from a coaching standpoint, it, it'll be a relief once all of the, all of the dust is settled and whether the, the interim becomes the head or, or whatever happens. Uh, no question about it. All right. So uh, a couple other things, coach, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, a, a lot of times we have conversations and you bring a, a lot of perspective to the conversation. And, um, you know, uh, this week uh, in football news, uh, we we found out in uh, well, reports are, are saying that uh, Aaron Hernandez uh, actually was suffering from uh, the, the worst case of CTE they've ever seen for somebody at his age. Uh, we know that football is a collision sport. We know it's a it's a very violent sport. Uh, but what are what are some of the things like from. From the time you began coaching to this point, what what are some of the things that you've seen? Some steps, uh, some of the steps that you've seen being taken in order to kind of protect these players from themselves. Well, I think this, you know it's it, it's nothing new under the sun. First and foremost, you know um, it's it's been a problem with health and football ever since the the sport you know originated. So you know I just think that you know transparency now because we're in the information age and, you know, we, we've been able to get information and pass on and try to see if we can put parameters in place uh, to try to prevent. So I think that's just the stage that we're in. And I think that uh, as coaches, as players, I think the awareness is something that we need to uh, take heed 
you know, and uh, try to try to make a difference, you know, with the the way we practice, with the way we um, approach our offensive game plans, defensive game plans, kicking game plans, you know, with the way we uh, substitute players, so on and so forth. It's, it's definitely something that we all need to stop and take a strong look at. Absolutely. Now, how before I let you go, Coach, looking looking at the um, at the schedule, man, this thing, hey man, this thing is is, is not gonna get easy for you, man. Looking at the schedule uh, coming up um, after uh, today's game, you got uh, Kentucky State, you got the Tuskegee Morehouse Classic, you got Albany State, you got Benedict, and who's on the upswing with uh, Coach Mike White up there. You got Fort Valley. And then you close the season out with uh with Clark Atlanta. So from from that standpoint, you know, what are your thoughts on 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 uh this this season of uh, SIEC action? Hey, we we knew the schedule before we started playing it, <laughs> you know, and and it's it's definitely a tough one. And I don't think we have very many. I don't think we have a bad team in the conference right. this year. I think every I think every team is good. You know, a lot of people you know, thought that, you know, that was going to be a cakewalk for us last week with Central State. But Central State has one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. And you'll find that out as the season progresses. I'll be the first one to make that statement. So it's a lot of good football teams in our conference, and I believe we're one of them. You know, so just like we have some of those games on our schedules, um, conversely, some of those teams have us on their schedules as well. So we're looking forward to it. We're going to take it one week at a time. Uh, this game will let us know exactly where where we are as far as uh, being a champion in our football conference. But um, it's, it's, it's also a meaningless game in terms of the Eastern Division, which is, in my opinion, the toughest division in the conference. You're right about that. He is Rich Freeman, head football coach of the Morehouse Maroon Tigers. They're in action today versus original reference. Miles College Golden Bears, 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock in the East uh, from Fairfield, Alabama, Sloan Alumni Stadium. It is the Prince Hall Americanism Football Classic. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for for joining us on the show, and we look forward to talking to you later in the season. Hey, you bet. Thanks a lot. All right, folks. Well, that about do it for another edition of the HBCU Report. Big shouts out to our guests for the week, uh, Reginald Reffin, Cedric Oglesby, and Coach Rich Freeman. Uh, Freeman and Reffin. Head-on collision today, 5 o'clock in the Central, 6 o'clock in the East, Morehouse versus Miles College. A couple of the games of note for this weekend, you've got Bethune-Cookman at Howard, Clark Atlanta at Lane, Norfolk State, and Delaware State hookup. Uh, Alabama A&M hosts Texas Southern. Winston-Salem State travels to Virginia State. North Carolina A&T takes on Morgan State. And my beloved Bama State, oh, mother dear, again, we come to thee, host Prairie View A&M at Bama State Stadium. All right, so um, again, like to thank all you guys, all you new listeners, all you uh, um, regular weekend listeners. Like to thank you for tuning into the HBCU report because again, without you, there would be no HBCU report. Shouts out to the Two Live Stews. We got this thing popping, man. The Two Live Stews Radio Network. Like we're about to take this thing to a whole nother level. Please believe that. Don't forget again, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at HBCU Report. I am Rob Calloway, and this has been another edition of the HBCU Report. It's the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway.
The Home Depot is pouring more into paint and putting more money into the pockets of pros with top quality paints without the paint store price. Like Glidden paints. Glidden lasts longer, covers better, and costs less at The Home Depot. Nobody beats our prices, guaranteed. So save time and money with Glidden. Paints that get the job done. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only.